0: This this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys.
1: Presented by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands on Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewert and Mike Saul. All right, we're going to get to our number 10 most intriguing Seahawk here in a minute. A lot of Seahawks conversation at 830. Before we do it, Brock, let me just update you. We are at $8,000 right now. Top bid uh, for uh, for this package.
2: Let's go. How about
1: that? $8,000. Let's, Let's keep it going, everybody. Let's keep it going. 866-979-3776 if you would like to, uh, to outbid $8,000. Three-night stay at an oceanfront condo, great view in Kihei, and then uh, you've got uh, the airline tickets, two airline Mm. tickets to go with it, and $750 towards a rental car. Is that a 509
2: or a 360? We're at a 206 there is what I got. I got a 206 206 number right
1: now. Yeah, 206 in the lead (laughs) with a $8,000 bid. Thanks to our friends at Alaska and Chambers Bay and also... also to uh, Carter Volkswagen for helping out. It's just really, really cool, and thanks for uh, for being a part of this. But that's where we're at right now, $8,000, and uh, we'll see if we can just keep going over mm. the course of the morning. 866-979-3776. Text the word BID plus your bid. How much you'd like to, uh, to bid on it to that number. Right now, though, Brock, we are on to number, number 10. Speaking of numbers, number 10 is... Well, it goes by a new name. I don't know if he's more intriguing now when... <laughs> Than when he was Tariq Woolen, mm. but now he's Reek. Reek Woolen. I'm still struggling with that, by the I way. I prefer Ty. I mean just selfishly, I prefer Ty. I'm just <laughs> struggling a lot with Reek. Reek? Reek's tough for me, but I'm I'm getting there. It's his name and whatever he wants to be called, I'm 100 percent willing to try to make that happen. If last year was supposed to be his learning year, Brock, last year was his adjustment to playing this position in this league against real competition, right? After you know, just a year spent at cornerback after playing wide receiver his entire life how much more is left like what's what's the growth potential I think that's why he's so high on the list not just because he's a good player he is and he's going to be your starter at one cornerback spot and you know really became a pro bowler last year as a rookie out of nowhere there's such a great so many great parts of the story Mm -hmm. but how much more is in there Given what he's already done and how how far he had to come, could he be like a much better player this year mm. than
2: he was last year? Mm. I'll tell you what he is uh, before I answer that. He is symbolic of the entirety of the Seahawks. That's why he's intriguing in number 10. He's symbolic in the sense that he was not supposed to do any of this last year, much like the Seahawks were never supposed to be anything last year. They're not supposed to be a playoff team. In the fifth round, Roadrunner was not supposed to be a Pro Bowler and right there for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that that was not supposed to happen. Now it did. So now what is your question? Mm. Now do you go from way over delivering and being very, very good to great? How do you you take that? I think we've had that talk about that team across the street. How do you go from good to great? How do you go from being a playoff contender to now taking that next step? So So what does he do to go from good to great? it's to continue to have unbelievable discipline even when the ball doesn't come your way. Okay, We saw this with Richard Sherman when Richard had like, what, six, seven picks, right? When they're picking on him early in his career and he was getting after it. And then all of a sudden, man, you still have to have that elite discipline. Even if the ball doesn't, even if they don't throw your way, you still, you can't take a breath. You can't take a playoff because the minute you do, you get beat. You get beat. So to have that kind of just hyper-focus and that hyper-discipline Even when a lot of that activity, and he started to feel that at the end of last year, right? After he had all of his picks early, you started to see less and less of the ball going that dude's way. And so I think that that is, and you know, obviously tackling and sharpening up fundamentals now coming off of an injury. There's going to be plenty of rust to knock off. And he was rusty, as he said, over the weekend to Pete walking off the field. But that's where I would say. That's where I would land on it, Salk. Just now you better be a hyper-disciplinary and high- hyper-disciplined pro.
1: Yeah, uh, Pete did mention that he was out there a little bit. Yep. yep.
0: Can you jump back out today? You got uh, got going, and, and uh, he'll start picking up some reps now, which is great to see. Also, you saw Tariq got out there for the first time. I felt kind of rusty. I walked off with him talking about it. He was rusty, but uh, he was really happy to be out working with the fellows again.
1: So health is going to be a bit of a concern, right? At his sort of height and weight and all of that and having to stick his nose in there and try to tackle a bit, which is not the strength of him. I mean, basically, Mm -hmm. that is if you want to talk about a difference between him and Richard Sherman, that's it right there. I mean, he just doesn't have that ability or I don't know about willingness, but ability to go in there and, and throw his body around. What does his presence allow them to do in the box? I think that's the other question I have about him is if one of the weaknesses on this team is in, you know, up front on the defensive line and inside linebacker, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What is is having an elite shutdown corner allow them to do inside the box? Yeah,
2: it allows Julian and Jamal and Kobe and their eyes to look inward and not have to, for Quandre in particular, have a hyper focus on the outside. I would also say is Max Unger was dropping MAs. You know what an MA is, right?
1: He said that. So if, if M.E. is a mental error.
2: Right. And mm-hmm. well, M.A. is a missed missed, missed assignment. Nice. There you go. I'd say that he had a few of those last year, right, when they dealing with all the switch releases. And that's the next thing that teams do to elite corners is great. We're not going to just line our guy up and let him you know, just get jammed at the line and deal with that guy. Now we're going to set up formations. We're going to motion and we're going to switch release and we're going to make it hard. And we're going to, you know, have rubber routes off the, off the line. So all of those, all of those things that he's going to continue to have to refine, but go from good to great, man. You were, you were even more than good last year. You over delivered. Now, can you meet those expectations? That's sometimes much, much harder to do in year number two, in a sophomore year. Just ask Julio, right? <laughs> when all of these expectations are on you and you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, yeah, now you've got to continue to take those steps forward. All right,
1: good stuff. That is uh, today's number 10 most intriguing Seahawk. Uh, we obviously have, uh, you know, nine more to go. That's some quick radio math, nice. Brock. I don't
2: want to show off or anything, but it's just a little, little quick radio math I did right there in my head. So that means we only have, like, nine to the last preseason game, and then we're into the regular season. Dude, stuff's coming up quick here. Yeah, they're
1: going to play Saturday. They'll play next week, and then that's it? Yep. Like, on to playing real football.
2: The Rams. Bring on the Rams.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's, it's amazing how quickly all of this goes down. But, yeah, I did say that after Thursday night's game. It, It was, I think, my favorite Seahawks preseason game I can remember in a long time. Uh, you know, trying to think back, I mean, probably since Russ's rookie year, mm-hmm. right, with all the excitement around him and the quarterback battle, three-way battle for the job, those preseason games are really fun, really exciting, really felt meaningful leading into that 2012 season. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess you had the year they drafted Tyler Lockett. That felt, you know, he kind of brought a, a little bit of a, a little extra gear to those preseason games. He was zipping all over the place. Nobody could touch him, et cetera. So that was really darn cool. But I'll tell you, man, watching, watching – Not collectively
2: like this. Yeah, Not there was something about like the this. way they played
1: yep. on on Thursday night yep. that just really jumped out to me. They were awesome. They were really – Juiced. Yeah, they were fast and furious and physical and, and just playing at a pace that we've really wanted them to play at for the last few years. And it felt like especially defensively, they were starting to up their game. Now, I know those aren't our starters. and I know it's just preseason game. I don't want to read too much into it. But gosh, if that is a, a sign of what's to come, I really think it's gonna be a fun season this year for the Seahawks. We'll come right back with everything you need to know, and then we'll dig a lot more deeply, Brock, into what this defense can bring to this team and how much better it will need to be at 830. It's Brock and Salk, Salesports on seven ten, salesports.com.
0: Need to know.
2: Fifteen minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
0: Here's what you need to know up first.
1: Well, the Mariners had 1-8 in a row, but that came to a crashing halt Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately. A couple of tough ways to lose games, both of them in extra innings, which have not been kind to the Mariners this year. First, it was Felix Knight on Saturday, and George Kirby got Felixed. Only way to say it. one nothing. They lose in the 10th. He pitched nine shutout innings, and it still wasn't enough. So unfortunately, they fall. And then yesterday, just a crazy back and forth game. It sure looked like they had won it or at least tied it in the ninth.
0: And the 1 1 on the way to Ty, swinging a fly ball into center field. Mullins going back to the 1 he track to the wall, leaps up. Does he make the catch? And yes, he does. Holy smokes, Mullins.
1: What a catch he made to rob Ty France of a home run. One of the better, seriously, one of the better home run robbing catches I've ever seen in my life, especially given how far he ran Yes. to lead. I mean, what an yes. unbelievable play, but you know what? Next guy up. Do your thing.
0: Here's a swing and a high drive. Deep to right. Field by Canzone. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Off the top of the hidden ear cafe.
1: Yeah, 402 feet. It was crushed. And uh, that tied it up. Unfortunately, they give up a two-run shot to, M- to Mullins again mm-hmm. in the uh, tenth, and that was it. They lose fall five to three.
2: The Mariners have gotten over a bunch of humps since July first. To them in Baltimore, the two best teams in the American League, and they played like it over a playoff atmosphere and environment kind of weekend sulk. But getting over these extra inning hump, I mean, getting over it's just not been yeah, hasn't been not been good. Time. It just has not been advancing that runner, getting him to third, just doing the little whatever it is, whatever yeah, pitches and, and you got to make. Last night or, they might gosh. have had the
1: opportunity to do it, but now you're down two, yes. and that is a totally different thing. Now you can't advance. Now you can't nope. play the game that way. You can't use your speed and Haggerty at second base. Like everything just sort of changes down two. You're almost kind of sitting there hoping to hit a two-run home run.
2: You know what? One of my biggest misreads coming into this season was, and it was really uh, about a month ago right after the All-Star break, sitting and watching George Kirby in person, like in those really fun seats down by home plate where you get to hear him mm-hmm. and watch him and see him. So, I had no idea that, you know, Logan's got an alter ego. Walter, I don't know what George's is because that dude's psycho, man. He is one intense dude. He's He is fired up. He's barking. He's yelling at the ump. He's coming in that dugout steaming. I mean, he has got a lot of... A kid from Elon that at a one point through 92, he was touching 100 Saturday night. And his emotion is phenomenal.
1: Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mariners remain six and a half back in the division. One and a half in the wild card. Uh, they go to KC now for the first of four tonight. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, we mentioned Felix Hernandez, and he did have quite a weekend.
0: Long live the king, Felix Hernandez. A six-time All-Star, a Cy Young Award winner, and the only pitcher in Mariners history to throw a perfect game. Join me in welcoming the 11th and the newest member of the Mariners Hall of Fame, a great pitcher and a snappy dresser.
1: Great pitcher and a snappy dresser. And oh, by the way, a little surprise for Felix at the end.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way he's missing this event. Here he is. Felix's good friend and former Mariner, Adrian Beltra.
1: Yeah, that brought the tears out oh. for Felix. He was not expecting that little moment, and uh, he got a little choked up on the mound there.
2: Uh, not surprising. He is—he's prone to emotion and prone to tears, and that's what—and I think why that Kings Court rocked the way it did so often, and what he loved maybe as much as anything. Right, that Kings Court, his people out there cheering him on. And not only was it his performance on the field, man, he gave it back to him. Right, he just wore it on a sleeve. They loved him for it. And speaking of sleeves, we gotta get Jamie Moyer a smaller jacket.
1: No, oh, yeah, what's the deal with that? I don't know. It was He's he, swimming in that
2: thing. He borrowed Cody Barton's jacket for the Utah picture. Like it, it was just, we gotta
1: get him a small. A couple jacket. people on the text machine blaming Felix for the lack of run support on Saturday. I don't know if that's fair. That might be going a little uh, a little overboard. But yes, it was uh, it was certainly a Felix weekend to remember. Here's
0: the third thing you need to know.
1: Uh, injury report all over the map right now for the Seahawks, Brock. And guys are coming and going rapidly. Uh, we did have a couple come back. Both Tariq Woolen and um, and Ken Walker, Walker were able to return, which was good news. But there's a whole bunch of guys out right now, or at the very least, not fully in. That includes Devin Witherspoon and Devin Bush and Olu Oluwatimi and Tariq Young and a few other guys mixed in there as well. So, it pr- doesn't sound particularly serious at this point. Nobody's been like, lost for months or anything like that, but yeah, maybe this is just sort of the training camp norm for halfway through.
2: Yes, I think very normal as you look around the league. This is just what's going to happen a couple weeks into it. You have not had what others have had, that season-ending injuries or long into the regular season injuries. But, yeah, the biggest bummer is Devin Winterspoon. I mean, as, as much as it was awesome to see number 11 and Jackson Smith and Jigba run around and one of the most hyped I think draft picks in a long time, if not since 2012, Seahawk guys, you really want to see Devin play, and he wants to play. And I can't imagine how frustrated he is. right, Sitting in the stable over there, much like he did in the OTA season, protecting him, protecting the hamstring, and then watching everybody else go, and actually having a taste of it and being the talk of the mm-hmm. town for three or four days as he's out there competing and flashing why they took him number five. Super, super frustrated. He shut down protecting a hamstring that's now banged up for the second time.
1: All right. There you go. That is everything you need to know quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Sulk show uh, still at $8,000. So we'd like to see uh, if we can continue to uh, advance that number over the course of the morning. If you're just tuning in, we are uh, hosting a little auction here. One item. It's a big package and I'm going to add to it right now, Brock. What? So we're at $8,000 and it's about to get better. So here's what? Where, here's what I can tell you. We have three nights at an ocean view condo on Maui in the Kihei area for a mutually agreed upon date next year, so 24. please understand okay. this won't be till next year. Nobody's looking to send folks to Maui right now, while they don't need more people there. But down the road, they're absolutely going to need the tourism to return. And uh, this is a really cool condo, ocean view, in a different area of the island. Okay, we, yeah, go ahead.
2: Round trip airfare, round trip from airfare from for two, seven hundred fifty bucks for a round car. Yep, thanks to Carter Volkswagen. Awesome, two hundred fifty dollars yeah. gift certificate to a restaurant of your uh, of your choosing on uh, on the island. Uh, foursome at Chambers, and Salt can buy you lunch if you want them to come. If you don't, if you want just three of your, you your buddies, that's fine, that's too. Fun. So That's five. You're adding another thing?
1: Uh, we are going to add one more thing, and I want to thank the Seattle Seahawks for jumping in on this. How about four club-level tickets to a TBD Seahawks game? Wow. This year? Four club-level tickets to a Seahawks game this year, just to sweeten the pot a little bit. Thank you to the Seahawks for uh, texting that over just a few minutes ago. They are willing to add that to the package here. So that's a lot. I mean, that that now it's going to raise the value of this thing just even more. Right now the Mm. high bid is at $8,000, so talk to whomever you need to. Talk to your wife, talk to your husband, talk to your partner, talk to somebody you work with. Talk to whomever you have to talk to your accountant if you need to know, you know, whether or not you got the money to afford it. Mm. Uh, Obviously, every dollar goes uh, to the Maui Strong fundraiser and uh, goes directly to the people who need it right now. So Maui Strong, that's uh, that's the phrase right now. And for good reason, if you'd like to bid and you can beat eight thousand dollars for that incredible package, text the word bid bid. Plus the amount that you'd like to bid, the dollar amount, to 866-979-3776. Can we get over 10,000 by nine o'clock? I think we can. I'd really like to, and then this bidding will end at 9.55 this morning, so only about an hour and a half left to bid on this incredible package with the trip to Maui, the place to stay, the car, the restaurant. I got a two, I got a two, I got can I get a three, can I get a three, I got a three, can I get a five, I got 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 an eight, I got an 8,000,
2: I got an 8,000, I got an 8,000 in the 206, I get a little more than 8,000, a little more than 8,000.
1: You were meant for this, man. I don't know. You've been taking lessons from Curly and Gene, yes. helping you out a little bit. All right. How good would the Seahawks have been last year if their defense had just been okay? If it had just been decent? I think we may find out the answer to that question this year, and we'll discuss it next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.
0: You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports
1: app. Well, Brock, we hit 10000 okay, We got a $10,000 okay, bid okay, from Vancouver okay. Island. How about that? A $10,000 bid from Vancouver Island. So uh, thank you, 509. That's uh, the high bid right now, $10,000. Maybe throwing in those Seahawks tickets was uh, mm. was the key to that. Mm-hmm. By the way, we may even have something for the, you know. I can't. I can't. I got to vet this before I say whatever else I, I've got coming on here. But more cool things. People out there are amazing, and I uh, want to just thank our listeners for the various things they've offered to donate themselves and things mm-hmm. they've offered to do. Uh, I got to go check in with some folks who understand the rules of this stuff better than I do. But uh, I may have some more fun stuff to announce over the course of the morning. But you got until nine fifty five a.m. this morning. Morning to bid on the incredible package. You go to salesports.com and you can see the uh, entire auction items, all the details, all laid out. Uh, you got the, uh, on my Twitter page, you can go see the condo if you want to see the Airbnb um, listing for the condo and, and what that looks like. So yeah, 866-979-3776. Text the word bid and uh, beat
2: $10,000. That's the high bid right now. Uh, I don't know, appropriate question or not, but I'll just ask oh, it. Geez, uh, here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah one bedroom condo. Can you get four in there or is it just what you see yeah, so too.
1: one bedroom condo i think if you look on it let me see let me just look on it hold on all right one bedroom but the there is a living room with a sofa bed okay so, so you king, can get four okay. king bed and yep. then a living room sofa bed and i'm just looking at the view i'm looking at the airbnb listing view is sweet Nice. Really nice view of the water directly from the little Lanai. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it looks cool. uh, looks like a pretty cool place. Just uh, just north of Kihei is where it is. So south, south side of the island. 866 Text the word bid plus your uh, amount you'd like to bid to that number. And uh, we'll see where this goes in the next hour and a half. Brock, how good would the Seahawks defense have been, or how good would the Seahawks have been, rather, last year if their defense had just been okay? They finished the year, I just was looking at it last night, they finished the year 7th worst in the league in yards against Mm -hmm. and 8th worst in points against. Mm -hmm. So depending on how you're looking at it, they had the 7th or 8th worst defense in the league. Mm -hmm. And they went 9-8. and They had a point differential of plus 6, which is, you know, they were basically a 500 team. Mm -hmm. I know the NFL isn't stagnant. I know that nothing stays the same. I know that having a good offense last year is not a guarantee of having one this year. But I look at their offensive roster and I don't see a ton of major turnover, right? I don't see a lot of big contributors that have departed, Rashad Penny, who was out for most of the year. And uh, what was the name of Goodwin, the third uh, wide receiver? Mm -hmm. He was out for a lot of last year as well. If anything, you're a little bit healthier right now on the offensive side of the ball. And you got all your tight ends back, et cetera. I mean, like, I look at their offense, and I think it should be. You're adding Jackson Smith and Jigba. You're adding another running back from the second round. You're adding more depth in, in the offensive line. Like, their offense should be better. Right. than it was a year ago. So let's assume that it's even just how it was last year. How good does the defense need to be in order for this to turn from being a nine and eight team to winning 10, 11, 12, 13 games?
2: Teens. I mean, can the can the first reasonable step just to be get in the teens because you're 26th in yards, 24th in scoring. So can you get to 15th and 16th? Can you get to where the Mariner offense has gotten to at sixteenth and run scored with the number one pitching group and all of a sudden you're the best team in the American League with Baltimore since July first? Right now I'd still like to see their twenty fifth and bad average rise just a little bit, mm-hmm. and certainly in situational moments, but can this run defense? And that's the one for me, Salk. You mentioned the total yards. I'm not a big like Chris Peterson's not a stars guy. I'm not a big yards guy. Yards? Are we talking yards? Now give me yards per rush. Mm-hmm. Give me scoring. Give yeah, me I three me...
1: yards out there because really, you know, just to another know. way of looking it's at it. You and I both and... know that points is, is the best way to judge it, but they were almost as bad in points. Correct. Right? I mean, they were still eighth worst in points. So. And they're
2: 30th in yards per rush allowed. Okay, like 4.9 yards, almost five yards a carry. And if the target, as Dre Jones told us, is three, not not like every you know end of the game. Gosh, you just gave up three yards. That'd be amazing. That'd be the Forty ers That's basically what they did. Mm-hmm. Is they ran through the NFC last year and Philadelphia as well. Awfully good in that area. But can you just get that stat in rush defense? Can you go from thirtieth to eighteenth or nineteenth? I mean, I, I would love to climb even more. But even getting there gives you a chance to go from a 9-win oh, team and, to and, an 11-win hopefully,
1: team. I mean, I think the reason you point to that stat, and by the way, I think I agree with you tenfold, totally agree with what you just said. If you can improve your rush defense, you should allow the parts of this team that are better to do their thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what is the strength of this defense right now? Obviously, it's in, in the secondary and then on the edge, right? I mean, that that's where we're looking at this team to be improved, they they added a bunch of pieces. I mean, it's easy to look at them and say, okay, they still have problems defensively. And I think up front, that's still a very real concern. But they did add Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. They did, which it sounds funny to say, but they mm-hmm. added Bobby Wagner. They add Draymond Jones, who is the most expensive free agent that this group has ever signed here in Seattle. Yep. They add Love. They add Bush, Devin Bush. They yeah, add Jaron Reed. They add back Jaron Reed, mm-hmm. who, who I kind of keep forgetting about, to be honest with you. It's me. Mean, mean. Well, I do. I just I kind of I mean. have to remember that he's been a part of this whole I'll thing.
2: Be, be better. And
1: then uh, you bring in a couple of rookies and look for a little bit of improvement from a few of the guys from last year. Yep. And it's it's that does sound sort
2: of possible, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember Clint Hurt the other day, last week, some of the sound we played of him saying, did anybody remember that we were top 10 in sacks? right? Like we got after the quarterback. It just, we didn't earn the right to do that enough. Not when you give up five yards to carry, you don't earn that right to to play to your strengths. You don't earn the right to play to the versatility in your secondary sulk. You don't earn the right to put people in a pass first uh, mindset where you can really tee off and play off your crowd and the noise and the rush and everything else. You know, you got to earn the right to rush the passer and you do that first and foremost by stopping the run mm-hmm. and just not being a sieve. We're just not being a there's a gash there's a gash there's another paper cut there's no, oh my gosh all of a sudden you you look up and there's another hundred yard rusher, I mean you hurt Mike B on that broadcast amidst all of his other analysis the other night and there was quite a bit of it, uh, it with he and Mike Rob is like how many games did they go without giving up a hundred yard rusher mm. and how much pride did they take in that right I mean I think it was over two seasons Salk that they hung their hat on that you are not going to run for a hundred yards against us. And last year, it really didn't matter who it was, third stringer for Carolina or obviously the stud from from Vegas. But you gave up a a lot of rushing yards way too often.
1: Okay, so if you can just just be okay at stopping the run now, maybe I don't know whether they can do that. I loved the way they played against the run this past week. Right. I loved the way they fit their run fits and their understanding, but it's not like the other team is running anything complex. They're just running, you know, right, left, et cetera. I mean, like it's a pretty simple, stripped down version of the running game. That's very different from Kyle Shanahan and everything that he does to try to confuse you and, you know, take you down. So I'm not going to look at that and say that that means they figured out their run fits for this year, but having Bobby back should help. Having Clint hurt in his second year should help. Right. Having another player in Dre Jones and Jaron Reed who understands the system should help. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think they're going to be able to set the edge pretty well. I mean, I look at what Boye Mafé looks like right now and, and what Derek Hall could be even as soon as this year. And obviously what you're getting on the other side from Nwosu, like, I think they could be better. Yep. And if they are, then what? Right. How much better are they if the rest of that group can then do its thing? If Mafe can get after the passer and Daryl Taylor can just be a third down pass rushing specialist and come in on third and long and do what he does best, right? If, if, uh, I, I just, I, uh, Jamal Adams can be blitzing from the weak side linebacker spot in the latter part of the year. All of a sudden, Bobby, sure. by the way, who's really good at those up the middle blitzes from his position. Those Mm -hmm. are game changers for this defense. And now all of a sudden, yeah, Brock, maybe you can go from eighth in points given up to 16th, 18th. -hmm. And if your offense Mm -hmm. can just be what it was last year, maybe you are a 12-5 and team.
2: Yeah, I mean, you start to figure out why my buddy that, uh, that makes a living doing this stuff and, and putting numbers down and, and looking at all, why he, why he's there with you. Why Friday, Salk, after that preseason game? Heck, I think it was even Wednesday, even before that game, where, you know, you started to take in the totality of the commentary of people you trust, mm-hmm. like Lewis Riddick and Mark Schlereth and Burt Breer that have had their eyes on this team and then eyes around the rest of the league. Right. Is, is, I don't know, Titus and I probably watched a half dozen different games Thursday to Sunday, you know, flipping through them, not, not, you know, aggressively watching them, but passively watching a bunch of these NFL games. And, you know, it is really in this NFC, San Francisco and Philadelphia from a roster construction standpoint and the rest of this NFC. I mean, I was watching the New Orleans game yesterday and, and like they're talking about, is New Orleans the best team in the NFC South? Baker Mayfield in Tampa rebuilding. Carolina Bryce Young rookie quarterback. Yeah. Atlanta riding with Ritter in year number two. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, Arizona was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I watched a lot of that with the Broncos. They are bad. What does Green Bay look I, like this year? Correct, correct. I mean, you go through this is not the AFC. This no. is a different conversation. No, Philly. Looks if you're having like, to Philly's live in the AFC taste. West or the AFC North or heck even the AFC East, Philly's going to be. So this good is taste. San Fran and Philly, right?
1: Yep. And San Francisco should be a good team, although they didn't have like a great start so far. But okay, those two teams are so talented. Giants should be a good team. Yeah. Maybe not a great team, but that's a good team. Right? I mean, that's a good roster. Yep. I still don't love the quarterback, but that's a good team. The Rams yep. have to be better than they were last year, right? I mean, they're getting they Stafford back, they like yep. they're getting Cooper yep. Cup back. Like they should be maybe not a great team, but at least
2: a good team.
1: So yep. Cowboys are good. Cowboys, Cowboys are, are, good.
2: are a talented roster. Yeah,
1: Washington is kind of okay, but also kind of a mess. I mean, like, the Vikings are okay. Yep. I mean, like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, yes. th- this this conference is right there for the taking if you can just grow in a few of those areas defensively. So I don't know who's going to make the big plays for this team. I don't know what that looks like yet, who's going to be the game changer for them on defense, but I do think that they are going to play real, real hard, and then that brings you back to your offense. Okay, so what does Geno Smith need to do this year? Does he need to be better than he was last year? So let me, let me give you his numbers for last year, okay? Last year, Geno Smith, just oh, almost 4,300 yards, 4,282, almost 4,300 yards. He was a 69.8% mm-hmm. passer. He completed nearly 70% of his passes, which is unbelievable, That's by awesome. the way. It's a tremendous number. 30-11 uh, and touchdown-to-interception ratio. He took 46 sacks. Off the top of your head, I don't know if you read this when I t- uh, sent it over to you last night, how many yards did Geno run for last year? I was actually kind of surprised by this number. How many rushing yards did Geno Smith have last year? Anybody know? Was it 200? 150? It was, it was higher than that. Justin, mm-hmm. any guesses? 320? 366. Ah. Dude ran for 366 yards last year. That's not a bad year over for 20, a quarterback. It's over
2: 20 a game. Sure. He was
1: their second highest rusher last year for the team. Mm -hmm. How about that? 366 yards rushing last year. Which of those numbers, and I know what Brock's going to answer, but which of those numbers can he and should he need to improve on this year in order to have as good, if not a better season? I mean, if
2: you get above 69%, if you're completing uh, north of 70%, very few in this Very few in this league have done it. (laughs) I mean, so
1: that to me feels unrealistic to ask him to be better than 70% passer. Is he going to throw for more than 4,300 yards? Seems unreasonable, again, to ask that out of Geno Smith. The two spots where I feel like he could contribute more would be to lower that 46 sack number and to maybe lower the 11 picks. Other than that, I I don't really know what else I would expect him to do better on.
2: Yeah, the 33rd team, they're, they're another one of these sites that uh, that yeah. puts together and they've hired, you know, past guys in the league. Do, they do a good job. And some of their articles are really, really in depth and next level stuff. And they put one out the end of last week over the weekend about Gino. I don't know if you saw this, Salk, and, and this kind of uh, piqued your interest and in why you did some of your own homework here. But they put out nine different ways that Gino can take that next step. And it's, it's some of them, like as you mentioned, he did phenomenally well. Beating Cover Two. Um, one testament to Smith, Seattle's 47 percent success rate on passes against cover two was third in the league. That's more than 25 percent better than the Seahawks' success during the Russell Wilson era. Mm-hmm. They were 36 percent was Russell in his era, but uh, so good against that. Now, here's here's I'll add even further insight to your sacks uh, number right there because that's just the raw data. But those of us that watch it and those of us that know this game know that the most critical sacks are on what down? Third down, right? That's the money down. Right. And one concern is Smith was the third most sack quarterback on third down. When he could get the ball out under pressure, he was stellar, averaging seven yards an attempt, 12th best in the league. But it's just getting that ball out on third down.
1: Do we know and how you know much what? of that is him and how much of it is the offensive line? I mean, like, you got to break all that down. Peanut butter and jelly, man. Peanut right. butter and jelly. All it's all together. of it. It's
2: all so, of it. So how, yes, can, they do.
1: how can he improve this year? Take fewer sacks. Yep. And maybe lower the pick number by a couple. I don't expect him to do much better than 9 or 10 in a season. I mean, like, Correct. nobody is going to be, for the most part, very few uh, quarterbacks are going to be below 10. So if you're yep. in that 9 or 10 range, you're doing that just fine. Right? Yes. If you can keep your touchdowns around 30, you're doing just fine. 44,000 yep. yards going to be just fine. 69% passing is just fine. Yep. 366 yards with your feet, great. I mean, what an awesome help to to this team to be able to help them out and make some plays with his legs, which he's done. And you mm-hmm. put all that together and like, okay, yep. if he can do those two things, just like lower the sack, what's a reasonable
2: sack number for 17 games? You'd love to be in the 35? Yep. Thirty-eight. You'd love to be in the. You'd love to be in the thirties. Right? If you're in the thirties, uh, if you're in the twenties, you're in the playoffs. If you're in the thirties. You're you're viable. You get in the forties. Gets a little bit harder. It gets a, little, a little harder. Yep. A okay. A lot harder.
1: So drop that number by ten. Drop the interception number by two. That's it. And yep. then just keep everything else the same. I and mean maybe this, I'm talking myself into and, making this team better than they really are but you see this little grin on my face I'm kind right I'm having
2: you, fun looking at what this team could be This little grin on my face is because yeah all of that is real It's not Israel it's is real it's very real But the part of the grin on my face is we we're, we're, <laughs> we're watching this with with our baseball club in town mm-hmm. and one of the hardest things to do it's not any of these stats man it's not any of these even scheme stuff it is just the between your ear stuff of handling now the expectations of being out front.
1: Absolutely challenging. And, especially and now. The,
2: and the difference, like Tyreek Woolen, are most intriguing. When you come out of nowhere, right? You come out of nowhere, man. It's just like, hey, you're not expected to do anything. And now there's there's a level of expectation. Now you've done it at a high level. Gino, now you played it, not for one game or two. And heck, mm-hmm. even in the playoffs. You played a phenomenal game until a fumble there in the third quarter. You were basically spotless up until that fumble that unfortunately kind of turned that whole game and, and let San Fran just continue to run right through you as they did all three games last year. But this is about, <laughs> this is about playing from the front. This is about expectation level. This is about, hey, the Rams are supposed to be bad. Cardinals are supposed to be bad. you got to win those games. You should take a step against San Fran, maybe win one of those. Win all of these games that on paper you should win, that you're better than, that you're going into a season actually favored versus an underdog in most games last year. Yeah, man, and it's a different kind of race. When you're racing from the front of the pack than the back of the pack.
1: Well, that's and that, to me that's will be, be a lot of but what that's I'm watching. also where Pete, you know, has shined in his career. I mean, like, you know, that is sort of what you're looking for out of this head coach who is no stranger to high expectations and has obviously had some great seasons where he's you know, really helped push them forward and, and survive that. Uh, I'd also add, Brock, you can say high expectations. And yes, I think there is a view here internally that they could do better than they did last year. But it's not like this team's being picked to win the Super Bowl. It's no. not like you know they're the big national darlings and everyone thinks that they're going to go super far. I wouldn't say they have that kind of a, a, a no pressure. On no, them if at DK
2: all. and Quandre and those guys are listening right now, right. They're, they're furious. Like, Shut they're like, "What up. are you talking Everybody about? Everybody ignored
1: us. Nobody put us on their top ten list. Like whatever. We're yep. not. We're not being you know uh, 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 overhyped. Yes. The opposite. Nobody's even
2: talking about us. Yes." Yes, that, and that is very fair, and that is the chip that they will certainly build, they and should. that is the attitude, and, and defensively, yeah, I think defensively, they've got a, a lot to prove on that side of the ball after a disappointing season a year ago and a bunch of those different so metrics. So do you take
1: the same thing? I, I mean, do you watch that game Thursday night, see the defense flying around, see the you know, just the speed and the physicality and poise with which they played mm-hmm. and say that that's going to translate? Or do you just shrug it off and go, eh, a bunch of twos, preseason game doesn't mean much?
2: Yeah, probably a little more the latter. Now, I cannot dismiss just the culture of that and the culture of competition, which is so critical, which is different. And when you got as many guys vying legitimately for their and for their snaps and to make their mark like trey and like mike jack and like you know kobe and like these yeah and and, in a rebound year for devin and the motivation behind all i don't dismiss any of that but do i think the minnesota run game with some of their components versus what sean McVay will do week number one or anything alike no they're not but trey and bobby and Jaron and those guys will be out there too and they've got to play with that same reckless abandon, that same competitive juice that their younger dogs did on Thursday night and and probably will continue Saturday against Cowboys. Well, I think
1: they're perfectly capable of it, and that would obviously make for uh, one heck of a year. This is pretty fun. I mean, I'm really starting to get myself into that headspace of like, okay, it's almost football season, kind of ready to start thinking about this team more, talking about them more, watching them, and and seeing what direction this ends up going. Do you have
2: 10 on paper? I know we got 10 right now as far as our bid goes, as far as wins.
1: 11. What? I got $11,000. We are at $11,000. We
2: had, 10, 11, we had, 10, we had 10, we had 10, we had 10, we had, 10, we had 10 from Vancouver Island. We, we got $11,000.
1: $11, How about okay. that? Yes. Okay. High All bid right. right now is $11,000 uh, for this incredible package to benefit uh, the people in Maui who absolutely need it right now. Uh, and let me just run through it quickly again, where we're at and, and what you can do to bid on this, because you got just over an hour left to go uh, before bidding will close at uh, just before 955 uh let's see we have
2: eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. type in bid and then your amount for these right. six items six that have now been put together
1: three nights ocean view condo in maui in the kihei area so south maui uh really nice ocean view one bedroom with a fold-out couch as well mutually agreed upon date in
2: 2024 okay Round-trip airfare, thanks to our friends at Alaska Airlines.
1: $750 rental car on Maui, thanks to our friends at Carter Volkswagen. $250
2: $250 gift card. You can use it to a restaurant, groceries. It'll be a $250 gift card. Foursome of golf
1: at Chambers Bay here in uh, the University, the greater Nor- University Place area. Mm. Uh, Chambers Bay is a championship course. Unlike anything else around, it, it is magnificent. And uh, we got a foursome of golf for you at Chambers Bay. And one Salk's more thing. Run in,
2: Salk's run in lunch if you want to invite <laughs> we'll them, but do you don't have lunch. to invite them. If you, you bring me, I'll, them, I'll buy lunch, yes. And then you get in the club, right? That's our last one? Yeah. You get in the club. Four club level seats to a Seahawk game this fall.
1: Yeah, so if uh, you would like yeah. to do this yourself, if you own a small business or something where you would like to try to reward somebody in your business or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. Uh, but it's an unbelievable package, and uh, the high bid right now is eleven thousand dollars. Text the word "bid" plus the amount over eleven thousand you would like to bid uh, at two eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six again. Six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. You got another hour to go before bidding will close. So beat eleven thousand dollars and you'll be mm. the high bidder for this package. By the way, if you don't have eleven thousand dollars, and I know that very few people do, there's so many other ways that you can help and donate, etc. If you go to seattlesports.com, we've got a page there. By the way, you can see the condo there and everything else if you're looking to bid on it. And then uh, we have a, a whole donation thing set up for you there. You can also text is it Maui Strong? To, to the same number, 866-979-3776. And they'll send you back a link with all of the details and ways to give. So lots of ways to help. And uh, we talked to Max Unger earlier. It's important to note this area in Lahaina, this, you're, what's going to need to be rebuilt there is not all vacation homes and, and rich retirees who can go somewhere else for the winter. You're talking about People that are, you know, just subsistence living. Embedded
2: and entrenched in that community for generations. Yeah, so please
1: reach out. Help if you can. 866-979-3776 is the number to text. We'll come right back. Moore's got a game for us. You know what that means, Brock. Mm. We got a little game show music, and it's coming up next Mm. on Brock and Salk.